Hey guys, this is John with uh, VP Precision. I've got a one of my good buddies who I've met through the uh, through the shooting shooting sports that you guys I'm sure are familiar with. And if not, we're gonna do some intros here. But uh, I got Joe Walls on the phone. So buddy, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. So oh no problems. Always good chatting with you, John. Right, you bet. So as you guys know, um, if you don't know, Joe makes some of the he's kind of known for ridiculous groups and the most particular gunsmithing some of the i think in my opinion and a lot of others one of the top the top guys in the nation here that's that's putting guns together so i'm gonna pick his brain on just talk shooting and fun stuff and pick his brain on some you know a bunch of different stuff so i guess to start um tell me a little bit about yourself uh where you live family some of the some of that stuff so everybody knows yeah, um, so Joe Walls, I'm originally from Palaka, Florida. I live in St. Augustine, Florida now. Love to hunt, fish, compete. Got a smoking hot wife and two <laughs> great kids. Um, awesome. Been, been pretty bl- bl- blessed in life, you know. Uh, I really appreciate the kind words about the gunsmithing. Um, it definitely means a lot to me. Um, you know, I don't think I do a lot different than some of the other great gunsmiths through the country you just take pride in what you do and yep. you know treat each gun like it's your own before it you know goes in the customer's hands and i think you'll be successful long term um absolutely uh, what else do i love as far as uh shoot matching <laughs> you know, I, I, I love shooting fish in the face uh, yeah that's I what i'm talking about tails, <laughs> I love turkeys man i'll shoot anything if i can get a license and do it i'll shoot it so. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I love spearfishing. I used to do that a lot more before I was shooting, and we were talking about that the other day, and I, one of these days i got to get down there. and I've done it up here with no visibility and horrible water, so I always love going to warm water where you can see a little bit further than 10 feet. So um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So you, you, mostly, you mostly dive on scuba down there, right? That's it, man. I'm too out of shape to be free diving. <laughs> uh, you get it. I that's it's a that's an art. I wish I was better at, but I'm not going to practice enough to get good at. But um, I, I did, I did, uh, I did not mention you. Also, I don't know the total details on this, but you're you're part owner in OTM Tactical, correct? That's right. Yep, OTM Tactical. You know, we sell some some great parts to yep. assemble a great bolt gun, and uh, you know, keep some good bullets and components in stock for you guys and you know that this is actually how i got into gunsmithing you know i before i worked at a paper mill and okay um, man it, it was a great job had a lot of great people i worked around and started shooting matches and actually started found something i was pretty good at <laughs> and, uh, man i just fell in love with it i mean the, the stuff we're doing with rifles is just insane i mean the way it we is. shoot moving targets and yep. you know all these different positions and short amounts of time it's it's something that i really thought was, was never possible yeah you know, not to the level we're doing now in such a short period yep. and it got me hooked and, yeah so yeah, let's 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 back it up for a second. So paper mill, and then did you say you you so you shot your roughly when did you like obviously you hunted so you you had been around gun stuff, but when did you shoot your first match? Kind of rough year. What was that? Man, man, I'm just guessing. We're gonna say 2013. Just guessing. Okay. Alexander Sniper Challenge. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah. start early on, and then when did when did uh when did you start gunsmithing? When did you get really into that, or, or actually move to that as a profession, along with OTM kind of ballpark on that? Man, I would say about five years ago now. Okay. Um, my buddy Mark and I we got OTM rolling. We actually met at 
met at a match venue and hit it off and started, you know, splitting gas and traveling to matches and having a good time. And cool. we got to joking around about selling parts so we could afford to shoot matches. <laughs> and, uh, it was just going to be a little side night gig, you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden he's like, look, you got to quit your job and come run this thing. It's crazy. <laughs> that is awesome. So, so 13 you shot. So about five years ago would be about 15. So you were, yep. you're about two years into kind of shooting. And, and I think that's a step that a bunch of us go through. Like how in the world do we justify spending this kind of money on a sport? It was like, can we, can we do something on the side? Can we, I mean, I know a lot of guys that have gone down that road. So that's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, it's a huge thing to come home to your wife and say, Hey, I'm going to quit my job, you know, and, oh, and cool. we're going to start selling gun parts. You know? and <laughs> she was kind of like, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'll do good. And yeah, you're so like, the paper mill's going to be there. I can go back. So that's right. You know, yep. I build guns for all the big wigs at the paper mill. That's Atta probably boy. a plus. That's awesome, man. That's cool. I love that. I love that. I mean, that story across America is just stepping out. It's scary, man. I think about, I've done landscaping for a long time. I was like, man, and I, I want to do something different. And I'm, you know, always looking and stuff, but it is scary to move away from something that, you know, to, to something new. So props for jumping on the limb and doing that. And the, on the OTM side, I've bought stuff from you before I shot for, I mean, I had ordered Lapua BR brass and 105 hybrids. And so you guys got, what do you, I mean, like you said, bullets, brass, barrels, yeah. I mean, barrels stocks optics we got all kind of stuff right. man we got good bags anything that a prs shooter needs pretty much perfect okay um, so check them out and, and good prices too i mean i shopped i mean this is before i i kind of knew you i was buying stuff off there because pricing was good it wasn't like i was doing you a favor by any means it was just good pricing and i needed it and you had it and so it was a anyway check them out always a good spot to look so Thank you, thank um, that was a side plug, but <laughs> anyway, um, so, so, so 2013, you do the, the Allegheny cyber challenge and then, and then the PRS kind of gets going, um, kind of around 2012, 13, four kind of starts rolling into there. When did you, when did you just kind of found out about the PRS through that? Man, it was a pretty good story. I'll try to make it short and sweet. Oh, we but, got time. You know, um, Man, I heard about this match they were having at this K&M rifle training in Baker, Florida. <laughs> Shannon Kay and Brian Morgan, who are them guys? Never yeah. heard of them guys. You know? <laughs> so it was a little one-day match, and my buddy, he, you know, he had seen it on Sniper's Hide, and so he's like, man, let's go to it. And I'm like, yeah, let, let's do it, you know? So I roll up in there with a 708 Ackley <laughs> with a hunting gun, 24-inch Sendero, no break, you know, straight up. It's a custom rifle, actually. Yep. Uh, Jerry Joplin built, built it. Oh, cool. Um, man, the gun hammered. Killed a lot of critters with that thing, too. Yep. And, uh, man, I went there, and at that time, Surgeon Rifles was big time. Yeah. And you had the Morrises, man, Dustin and Patrick, legends. Yep. Just unbelievable bolt runners. Um, and Todd Morris and... You know, just some other people at that match, Tom Lancaster, he doesn't shoot a lot, but he used to burn it down back in the day. He doesn't shoot a lot anymore. Um, mm -hmm. We shot this one-day match. I'd never shot a mover. You know, I'd never shot any of this stuff. I'd shot the Allegheny Sniper Challenge a few times. And, man, at the end of the day, long story short, you know, they start calling out, you know, third place. And, you know, I think it's something like Patrick Morris and second place, Dustin Morris. And I'm like, well, I guess Tom must have wanted or something. They called my name and I literally looked at Shannon. I no said, sir, way. you got the score wrong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I didn't mess it up. So, uh, Dude, that, I, I didn't know that. that. 
And man, I was like, man, I can, I can do this. Like yeah. I need to start devoting more time to this. And that's when, you know, that's when, you know, the light bulb went off that, Hey, you know, I want to be competitive. And then as soon as that started, it's, Hey, I want OTM It's right at the same time. And okay. but the whole goal from OTM, you know, Mark and I's understanding was like, look, I'll get the business up and rolling, but I'm going to build guns. I'm not going to sit behind a desk. I like working with my hands. Yeah. And uh, he said, man, you get it rolling, you get it profitable, you know, we'll, we'll get the gun gig going. And so that's what we've done. And I'm building guns full time now. And, that's and awesome. I just, I love it. You know, I just, I love putting good guns in people's hands. It's just very satisfying getting them, you know, them pictures of dead animals, you know, big old oh, yeah. trophies, you know, with guns you built. Yeah. Um, so I love watching you like yourself getting trophies. Yeah. It's just, it makes you feel good. Yeah. That's cool. I love watching this winter. You had some guy, you, you know, built a gun. I don't know, maybe a 280 athlete. I can't remember, but yeah. big old doll sheep. And just, I mean, yeah, you, your guns have been around and killing a lot of stuff. So no, that's cool. What, what do you think on that first match? Um, obviously you're newer. You, you had the, I mean, a seven mil is not necessarily the, uh, perfect for this game, but that was a, a while ago. What 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 set you apart, or what? Uh, why do you think that you were successful so early? Man, at that particular match, I think I was more successful because I didn't hold back. And on that Charlie Lane, like you'd shot before, mm-hmm. they have you know a, a, a little teeny circle and you know a bigger square target. And mm-hmm. back then, it was you know they graded the targets on how big they were. It was like one point for the square and two points for this little baby circle. And, oh, okay. And I just went for all of them. And I like, I remember on that circle lane offset, you know, I'm, I'm going to go off smalls. I'm not even going for a big one. And I think I dropped like one target on that. Target wow. Or something. And that wow. was like, that was the difference, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. Just laying on your belly, shooting little bitty targets at distance. Man. Got it. And, and that's what I thrive on. I mean, it's cool shooting positional, but I, I love shooting good, good groups and I love seeing what a gun can do and really, you know, pushing my limits and the gun's limits, you know, just within reasonable ranges and yep. seeing how small you can shrink them groups. That's what I want to, I mean, I think you're known for, I mean, some of the, <laughs> I'm going to talk about some of them, but some of the groups you've shot and just the way you can ring a gun out. I think I want to dive into that a little bit because that's, I mean, I'm still chasing that. That's what we're all chasing is those, those groups are so satisfying to shoot. And, um, Anyway, so we'll we'll dive into that some more. So, okay, so that's interesting because scoring has changed a lot. I mean, we've gone from, uh, you know, it seems like matches have gotten more and more straightforward where it's just consistent for two days generally is winning one sh- one point per target, not as much as the big small type bonus stuff. But what are some of the biggest changes you've seen uh, from when you started till now, not only in the matches, but maybe in the gear and the calibers? And what are some of the bigger things you've noticed? Um, well, I would say first and foremost, man, the, the number of targets that we're engaging in the short amount of times with transitions, I mm-hmm. mean, holy cow. Um, sometimes I feel like, you know, a guy that could run a, an AR really good could do really well at some of these matches <laughs> with yeah. as much movement we have. And, um, we've not seen anybody take that feat. We've had some of the best AR guys in the world shoot some PRS matches, and they hadn't quite fared so well. So I think, yep. you know, the bolt gun's still important. Yep. Um, as far as the gear, man, the gear changes. I mean, it started off heavy calibers were popular. 243 Winchester was pretty much king. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you saw the guns lighten up a little bit. Everybody went heavy Palma for a while. 
Um, six fives did well and, and, and some bigger sixes. And, you know, now the, the last, you know, two to three years has just been the reign of the, the BR BR variant. Okay, uh, yeah. And the guns have went back heavy again. And I think they're heavier now than they've ever been. Yeah. But six millimeters definitely king. And the BR variant is definitely king as well. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, that's been since I've started, it was the biggest. I started with medium Palma barrels and I was shooting you know, a two four an SLR, which is a kind of an improved two forty three or some of the you know, the six creeds, those those little faster sixes and that is I mean, we are shooting heavy. Everyone's got weight kits on their gun, their chassis to add weight and we're shooting little tiny calibers, so I mean that's to me as well is like and we've been sitting there for a few years now, it seems like, with the with the BR variants. So Yes, absolutely. Um what let's see here. So you you mentioned your strengths are you know prone and shooting little groups. I've seen you shot a lot of positional, and you're no slouch at that either. So do you enjoy positional? Do you do you dislike it? If you could have a if you could have a two day twenty stage match that was all in your belly, would you prefer that? No, I wouldn't. I, I like to be balanced across the board. I, I I do love some some positional. I think that there's some positional that's a lot of fun. Some of these stages these match directors come up with, they're just fantastic. Yeah. Um, the thing that I don't like about the sport and where it's gone is most of the matches you go to have 90 second part times. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't enjoy that, man. You can go to Oklahoma and some other venues that, that, that they've had in the U S that does like a two and a half minute part time. Mm-hmm. And I like slowing it down and it's not really from just the positional movement standpoint. It's getting back to, the precision shooting meaning you know looking at that grass looking at the mirage instead of just saying okay here's what i'm gonna go with you know i'm gonna put i'm gonna roll with half a tent or you know half a mil of wind and just charge it yeah and uh, if you're good you're good and if you're bad you're really bad like i want to look at them conditions you know that's a good that is an interesting that's a debate we deal with i know i talked to the guys here because most of our stuff out west has been two minutes um i've seen stages as long as three which i think is too long for match flow and other things but but two minutes is very very common jake and i are going to do our match we're going to do at 145 that's what the ag cup did as well was 145 so um i don't know there's definitely a compromise in and speed and precision but man when you have a long range stage and you're watching bullets fly for a second and a half or two seconds i mean just those 20 shots you're burning a lot of time just watching bullets fly before they land before you can even begin to think about corrections or what you're going to do and so 90 seconds it's a dynamic because i do like to go fast and i like to move but I wish I wish it as a as a match it would be easier to mix times. I I know if you run a ninety or a sixty and then a two or a two thirty you you mess up the match flow pretty bad because stages stack on each other, which is the downside. Because I think that would be the ideal: have a quick positional movement stage and then a slow down and a real precision small target stage. And I wish there, I wish like logistically we could do more of that because it'd be a really dynamic way to run a match. But. Um, it is interesting coming when we, like I talked to my buddies when we're going out East, like we're over here on the West coast, obviously you're down in Florida. So everything's slow here. And I tell the buddy, like, man, we got to speed up a little bit. If you're going to go to a finale at K and M or down there, because they're running nineties all year long and we never do. And so it definitely is different. Um, it seems like just where you're out in the country is definitely different. So that's interesting. Sure. Um, what, um, 
let's let's dive into let's let's talk about gunsmithing for a little bit. I'm not I'm I, I don't run equipment. I'm no expert, so some of my questions might be stupid, but um let's talk about what it takes to build in your opinion what are the what are the things that add up to the, the precision the performance of guns you produce what are the things what are what are some of your most important things or or, or bones to start with or, or or i mean bedding or triggers or what what do you think are the most important things what do you think some some of the things that people do that aren't important or, or let's talk about that a little bit um man Okay, that's that's pretty easy, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, you've got to have great components. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't slack on components, and you know, I understand. You know, everybody's got a different budget, but you know, I just really feel that you should buy the best, absolute best components you can afford because it's going to save you money in the long run. Yeah. Um, them components aren't going to be worth anything if if you just go out and shop the cheapest gunsmith. I mean. Yep. Everyone's seen terrible work come through their shop. You know, I've, had, <laughs> I've been very fortunate. I had some really, really good gunsmiths and, you know, that were super instrumental in helping me get started. And then I've had several that, man, we all, there's, there's a, there's a big group of us that we're always bouncing ideas off of each other. And if we run into a problem or we see, you know, a component that's not satisfactory, then we're going to tell each other. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the gunsmiths that helped me going, Robert Gradus, he was very instrumental. Terry Cross, um, mm-hmm. super instrumental as well. Cool. Um, you know, just great guys. Yeah. Um, you know, since then, you know, man, George Gardner, Isaac Frank, Grace Sloan, lots of people, you know, Matthew Stewart, lots of good gunsmiths out there that are learning and yeah. trying to get better. Um, so I think, you know, that's really important. I think making straight cuts, it's, it's no magic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about if you're worried about looking at that clock, you know, on the wall and wondering <laughs> you know, how long is this part taking me to get out the door? I think you'll be out of business pretty quick. Yeah. Um, some barrels dial in easy. You know, I, I, I really feel that you're paying me for the dial in. I'm going to probably give you a better dial in than 99% of other people. I would think. Yep. Um, I know I've talked to you and you're like, I've spent hours trying to dial in, you know, uh, I don't, <laughs> I will stay away from it. T- it tends to be one particular barrel. Um, that are that are harder than others and we'll 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 leave it at that but i've talked to you you spent hours you're like i'm done i'm 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 gonna start it again tomorrow and you and then you come back in and i mean i don't know again i don't know how many guys are doing that i don't know if these cnc guys are doing that or their machines just i i've heard people say they just you know i'm I'm very ignorant here apologize all you machine guys but you know the machines can auto auto indicate and dial them in and stuff but you know i don't know i mean i know that you're taking you've taken a lot of time when i've talked to you over the over the years of just like you being stuck on barrels for a while till you get them to get get them where you think they're satisfactory and i well, know i it's got to show up in performance because your gun's hammer so man i think it i think it definitely shows up in performance um you know my sales pitch to most of my customers is Man, you can go up the road from my shop to Academy Sports, and you get a Remington 700 on closeout, and it might shoot a quarter inch at 100 yards, and it might do so pretty frequently. You might have to buy 50 of them to get one. Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> exactly. And put 100 rounds down each of them, but it's going to happen. And, yep. You know, you can go to these big, you know, just great social media presence, great marketing scheme, you yep. know, just production. I call them semi-custom guns. That, yep. You know. 10 different people are touching before it goes out the shop and you know, one in 10 might shoot really, really well. 
Um, and Hey man, if, 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 if that's okay with you, then, then that's great. But you know, everyone that leaves my shop is going to shoot great. Yeah. Um, but they cost more money. Yeah. Know, Cause they take more time. So exactly. It is what it is. Yeah. I, I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. Yep. Yeah. I get guys on the hunting side of messaging me and, they're like, who do I go with? I was like, is, you're going to spend more than some of the guys, but call Joe. You just, it's going to, yeah. you're going to, you're going to be happy. And then they do, they text me later, you know, a few months later, they get their stuff back and they send me a picture of a group. I'm like, I love it. So it's, uh, it's good. So, so you're, I mean, starting with good components, obviously everything. I mean, speaking from you, you chamber my barrels. I've talked about that before. I just, we just got a, I just got a different reamer. Um, and you cut my first barrel. I just was breaking in this weekend and just started low development right before dark last night. So I'm, I'm good. When I get done here, I'm going to shoot some more before dark and kind of working through that. And, but I was nervous cause I was a different reamer and I got my dash of brass and I measured my headspace off the, the other reamer you had. And then I shot a couple in this chamber and measured them and they are identical, different reamer. What I've appreciated that I haven't experienced in the past as much is being able to go through barrel after barrel after barrel and having my brass be exactly the same. And I know everyone says, oh, we maintain headspace to a thousandth, but I don't know. I've had enough barrels cut by a, a lot of different people, and the actions speak louder than words because I've had a, thrown away a lot of brass that fit in the two barrels they cut this time, and then I'll get another barrel, and that, none of that brass I can get to go in there. It either needs to be small-based and, and reset with you know something was out of spec or something. So one of, thing I've appreciated with you is how perfect – every chamber is just to make it easier on me as far as, you know, managing brass cycles and being able to run the same brass through all these different chambers that are identical. So that's, you know, maybe a minor thing, but that's huge. I appreciate that. I I strive for consistent headspace. I want, you know, I want to tell everybody, you know, that I want you to use this brass on, you know, three barrels, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the cheapest way to do it. You know, you, if you're going to get into this game and it's expensive and you need to save money where you can. So you need to save it in the, you know, in the, in the right areas and yeah. you get consistent headspace barrels and you can use that brass and, you know, get 40. It depends what caliber you're shooting, but man, like a six, five, 47 Lapua yeah. man, 30 to 40 firings out of a piece of brass. It's a, what roughly a dollar 10 cent a piece. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's the cheapest brass money you can buy. Yeah. Like it really is. If you look at it like that. Absolutely. You know? I guess while we're on that topic, what are what are some of your favorite cartridges? Maybe a couple hunting, um, and then obviously competition. What are what are some of your favorites? I know the answer okay. to some of this. <laughs> yeah, so the hunting, you know, hands down for me, I'm I like seven millimeter. I'm, I'm a two eighty Ackley guy. Man. Okay. You talk about the most underrated seven millimeter there is. That two eighty Ackley, it just absolutely hammers. You load it up with some good bullets, like you know, a one eighty VLD, a one seventy five. Uh, burger elite hunter you know okay. um a 168 classic hunter they're just they're amazing really and i just they're so unfinicky okay. so what's not the love about that you so do you feel like that's like the 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 6547 or the or the dasher br of the hunting world is that are you, you thinking it's that kind of consistency I do. I do. I really? I, man, you can get them things to do things just like your match gun will. Wow. And I just love them. And, you know, I've had customers that, you know, they've shot giant stag in New Zealand. And mm-hmm. like you said, you know, you know, nice moose in the Yukon. And, yeah. Um, I mean, just, you know, elk all over. And I mean, yeah, they work, you know. And So I mean, what kind of. I've not had anyone, you know, 
have a bad word to say about one. Yeah. What kind of on that on the on the Ackley? What so those bullets, uh, brass? I think doesn't Nosler makes factory brass for that, right? What kind of brass are you generally running? Man, I'm generally running the Nosler. I've started okay. playing with the Hornady here recently. Um, and have had pretty good results with it as well. So okay. they're really the only two games in town. Okay. Um, the Nosler, man, the Primer Pockets, they wear out quick. I mean, yep. This ain't this ain't good, you know, mat shooting brass no. like we're used to. But, hey, for what we do, for the little bit of shots you're going to take. On the hunting side. You know, so it what, works. what kind of powders? Is that a H H1000 type of thing or something? Man, you can. 4831 shortcut. Yeah. That's the money powder. That's what so, you use. And then what speeds are are you roughly are you usually doing those in like twenty six inch barrels or Man, generally most guys are doing twenty four it seems, but okay. yeah, I'll do some twenty sixes. I mean, you know, you can get a fast barrel that shoots one sixty eight just over twenty nine hundred or okay. you know, you might be shooting a one seventy five, one eighty, you know, bumping twenty eight hundred, but Okay, so like a on target. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just, just amazing. The so the the 180s running just under 2780 type of range type yep. of thing. Okay. That's right. Man, yeah. the number it's so it's so hard for people to and, and myself included is guilty. I was thinking I just was texting a guy, I'll tell you in a second, but the you look at numbers on paper like but what does but look what a 300 Ultra Mag can do with the 230. Look what a 243 Ackley can do. Of course, I'm going to have a higher score in a match, or I'm going to be able to hit more deer at range. But paper in real life, having that sink into your head of what these little BR cartridges do on the comp side, and they're going slow and steady. And then, like the 280 Ackley, those are the speeds, like that 2750, 2850, whatever it is about that range seems to just be. I mean, I wish 3100 was that consistent, but. It just doesn't seem like it is, and it's so hard for people to grasp grasp that slow and steady seems to win the race a lot of the time. I mean, I like good ballistics and high BCs. Uh, we all do, uh, but it's a. It seems like you got to learn the lesson of of building some finicky guns before you kind of settle into just loving those just those guns that shoot tiny little groups over and over and over again. So, yeah, um, man, that's that's a fact. I mean. Golly, look at the match shooters who've proven that the the slower cartridges are supreme. Oh yeah, it's just it's insane. And I mean, even even a bigger cartridge. You go back to like the PRS when it began. And, yeah, you know Wade Studeville was man. He was just he was a freak. How good he was. Yeah, and he was shooting the Devil's caliber. You know, <laughs> at one time, which was a six by forty seven. Okay. Was, oh, you you're not terrible. a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. Not I love a fan. I love the six forty seven. I've had one of my more most accurate guns I've ever owned was a six forty seven. Man, but, I had one as well that was really accurate with one load, but you did nine other ones, and it was like, what is this thing? <laughs> that's so funny. That, that's back to the story of the consistent. Some guns are just easy, and I don't know. Anyway, okay, so back to Wade, six forty seven. Yeah, Wade's shooting, you know, slow. I mean, like, oh, okay, I, he might as well have been shooting, you know, a, a, the way I load a BR light. I mean, he's just lobbing, you know, one hundred fives out there and just skull dragging all of them. Okay, so. so he was you running 2800 2850 or something 2900 man there's no something like that yeah he yeah so i don't remember the exact numbers that's but, awesome you know he's the one who had that little trick and yeah you know, it was always about consistent and of course he always said i remember he you know he told me at one time um 
he told me, he said, always keep a 6547 in the safe. Yeah. You know, if you want unfinicky, that, that's it, you know. And, and, man, I think what he said was true. That 6547, hands down, as far as I'm concerned, that's the best 65 there is. Okay, so um, so back to back to the caliber, the your preference. So 280 Ackley on the hunt side, and then I'm, a, I'm assuming 6547 is in your list? Oh, absolutely, man. Okay. You want a good youth rifle for deer hunting. Yep. Man, eight, my son shoots an 18 inch 6547. Oh, we cool. shot enough here to fill up the back of a pickup truck. With. <laughs> it works, you know? Um, let's run, let's to... run through that real quick. So, obviously, the Pua Brass, um, CCI 450s, is that what you're shooting? That's it. Varget yeah. powder, because yep. I love Varget. That's God's powder. That's right. It is. Thank you, Jesus. So. <laughs> um, for, for hunting, man, everything works. 130 DLDs, 135 Burger Classic Hunters. I'm a burger guy. So. Yep. Um, that's Same what I shoot. Um, okay. You know, they just work. Um, for, you shooting hybrids for out of them much, the 140s? What's that now? 140 hybrids much, yes or no? For match rifle, that's the best bullet there is. Okay, Absolutely. but you're not hunting with those? Man, I never have. I know people like Rich Evans and Matt Perry. They were shooting, you know, antelope 14, 1500 yards years ago before Jeez. it got cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, with 140 hybrids. And okay. So they kind of paved the way, but I've never tried them to be honest on a, on a critter. Okay. Okay. But I'm sure I'm sure they work. So, you, but that's your that's your go to on the match side then. Got, well, well, that amongst the BR variants. No, sure. I'm sorry. I mean, for the 6.5, the 140 Absolutely. hybrid is your, okay. Hands down. Got I'll it. Always have one. If I could own one caliber, that's what it would be for across the course for everything. Perfect. Shoot matches. I, I think, I'd agree with that. I, they've been amazing. So what, what barrel lengths on those generally? Are you running 28s or 26s? Maybe. or? 27, 28 is kind of the barrels I like to run generally. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I'll keep it around that for the match guns. Um, and then eight twist on those? Eight twist work fine. Yeah. You don't need anything faster. And then what speeds, like on the comp side, are you running 2750-ish or what are you doing with the one? Man, a 140 hybrid going 2790 is like the okay. most beautiful combination there is. <laughs> That's the first time I met you, you were running that, and I watched you run – I think it was the very first, uh, uh, the I think it might have been the finale at FTW was the first oh. my first year, and I shot a couple matches, and I was at the finale, and I watched you shoot a long range stage, and just burned it down, and I was like, I didn't know who you were, and I was like, man, that was a because a bunch of us had got beat up on it, and I watched you just, I don't know if you cleaned it or dropped one, and I was like. Like, oh, that's Joe. He's running his trusty 6.5. And that thing absolutely stacked. I remember being on the spotter and watching your vertical, like, on the 11 or 1,200-yard target. And I was like, there yeah. there was no vertical. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's before we're all shooting the BR stuff that's all the more consistent. So, it was, I mean, it was, that was the first time I met you was, or was, saw okay. you shoot. So. Cool. That was a great match, man. That was a good one. Tyler Payne won that match. He burned it down. Yes, he did. had about one shot on day one and two shots in the day two i was like man yeah uh, he you shot good man yeah he did he shot great but yeah you were, you were right there the whole time it was pretty cool so um what so okay so we're 280 ackley 6547 anything else you got to throw in there man we got to talk six millimeters yep absolutely you know i'm i, I love dasher I, i've been shooting a dasher a long time i've okay. done really good with the dasher um I can't say enough good things about the Dasher. Okay. Um, We're on the same page. <laughs> I, I love a BR. They're just yep. so fun. Yeah. I love this. I love the, the, we're talking about the weight of the rifles and how they've gotten heavy again. Yeah. Man, 
you know, if you're a new shooter, you want to get into it, you want to get into hand loading, you want something easy to load for, that BR is just, it's the easy button. It, um, oh, man. This is this is it, hilarious. I, I got it. I'm talking to a guy today. He geeking out. He shoots NRL a lot. He's, no, he, he's going to hear this, and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, he was telling me he was shooting a BRA. I'm like, man, he's running 2,800 feet per second. I was like, I was like, just run a BR. I was like, it's just as easy and you don't have to fire for him. You're not going to lose anything and you're not going to shoot the difference. Just run a BR. That was today on the way home from the way home from work. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's gone through XCs and all this different stuff. And so he kept asking me questions. I scrolled back. He asked me a lot of questions. So I scroll. I'm driving. I was not driving. I was setting somewhere. And now I'm scrolling. I'm not even looking at my phone. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling with my thumb. And I get back to our first conversation, October of 2018. And he said, hey, he introduced himself. He just got into the sport. And he's like, I'm trying to figure out what caliber. And I said, um, if you can reload, I would shoot a 6BR with 105 hybrids. I said, I don't, I, I don't have one right now, but I think somewhere between 30 and 30 and a half grains of Argot and a 105 hybrid, and and you can go a long ways with that. And he goes, all right, 6BR it is. Two years later, he he's just starting. He's, he's like, I'm going to replace this with a 6BR barrel. So I screenshot that and sent it to him. I was like, you would have saved a lot of headache if you didn't do XCs and Creeds and every other caliber along the way. <laughs> so I just I tell everybody, get it. I'm gonna, I want to build a 6BR still, but just build – 6BR with 105 seems like the most – it just – oh, it seems amazing. It seems su- super easy. They're magical. And, you know, I, I, I encourage my new customers that want to get into match shooting they're willing to reload. I, I really push them on a 6BR pretty pretty hard. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the difference in what separates a good shooter and a great shooter is making corrections. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, new shooters, they don't have confidence in themselves most of the time. And mm-hmm. you can walk them on spotters, and they can lay there and shoot at that little bitty target at 800 yards. And, you know, they, they can shoot, you know, eight inches off that plate and shoot a tight little three-inch group down there in the dirt, yep. you know, in the same spot. You're giving them corrections, you know. And yep. they don't correct because they hear the correction. It's not that they don't trust you. They just – Yep. They're like, no, I pulled that one, so I'm going to hold the same exact thing. And, yep. You know, that's just that six br shooting steel, shooting paper. You know, it gives people the mental confidence to know what a rifle can do and know what they're actually capable of. Yep. And all of a sudden, they've shot you know groups at you know 500 yards like they used to shoot at 100 yards, and it's like, <laughs> they're like, what? What's going on? So, <laughs> you know, is, it's a good feeling, man. It that's is a good surprise. And, that no recoil stuff, it's so great. You it's know, I've amazing. Got to shoot a, you know, I've got to shoot a big old um, 300 PRC in the morning for a customer before it goes <laughs> out. And it's like, I know I'm going to shoot my BR as well. And it's yeah. not going to be fun, you know? No, I know. It, I do get spoiled. I mean, I came from the hunting side, obviously. It was a big 338s and 30s. And and now I go back to like shooting a Norma or my 338, and I'm like, I just want to go shoot my Dasher. Like it's so it, it's so fun to shoot. But so let's see on the BR side and the Dasher side, and you've played with BRAs as well. Um, um you're running Varget and all those, correct? Man, oh yeah. 
For, until this morning, I tried some forty-eight ninety-five in a BR. Oh, yeah. did you? Okay. Bargain always works. Uh, man, I keep. I've always got bargain. Okay. Like I said earlier, it's God's powder. I mean, I can run it in three hundred eight, two twenty-three. I can run it forty-six five forty-seven. Yep. Dash BR. I mean, why wouldn't I want it? You yeah. Know, it's great yeah. So, so generally, Varga, I know, I know, and historically, Dash, where a lot of guys shot Reloader 15, 48, 95, and Varga, they seem like those are the three popular, and there's a bunch of other ones, but those, sure. those seem to be the most. So, so, um, and then are you gen- mostly been shooting 105s? I know you've been playing with the 109 hybrids a little bit, but mostly burger bullets on those? Yeah, yeah mostly burgers. Um, I've shot a lot of the 103 Vapor Trail. Oh, that's bullets. right. Man, they're they're ridiculous. How good they shoot. Okay, that's um, cool. But but yes, um I did shoot the one PRS match I shot this year so far. I shot the one oh nine burgers in it. Mm-hmm. Um was really happy with how they performed. I'm pretty sure every mess I had was because of the jerk pulling the trigger. <laughs> um you know the way um, it should be. But, yeah, but the one oh five hybrids are what I'm shooting in this BR that I just recently spun up for myself. And okay. man, they're just they're a hard bullet to get away from. Yeah, absolutely. So I got, I got in a second, I'm going to ask you another different question, but just let's go through this. Cause we get these kind of questions real quick. Uh, do you jam to fire form a dasher or do you fall shoulder? Man, I usually jam because I know how to jam and I know that sounds crazy, but that's where most people mess up. Agreed. Um, fall shoulder is still the best way. There's no question. If you can take the time and fall shoulder, that's the way to do it. Yep. Um, but jamming will work if you understand how to jam a bullet properly. Okay, we'll talk about that. I, j- I jam as well. I've just and normally I'll lose. I just have, I've, I've formed 400 cases in the last little bit here. Um, uh, BR to dasher, and normally I'll lose about one piece per hundred um, with a split in a shoulder, just by the nature of of the cases forming. And I've yep. done 400 of them and haven't lost a single one. Uh, just a random thought. I don't know if it's they got a kneel better or if something's different, but I thought that was interesting. I've never had that happen in all the dasher brass I've ever formed. But I, so my process is I run, I actually load them on a, I throw them in my Dillon. Um, I prime on the Dillon. I use my powder, the automatic Dillon powder throw with Vargit in it, which is not very consistent, but it's good for fire form. And I throw, try to throw 30 grains of Vargit. And then I've been jamming. I've got some some mixed lots of some 105 hybrids I was shooting through, just kind of ends of different batches. And I've shot the, the last 400, and I'm jamming, I don't know, a pretty healthy jam, but um, 30, 30 thou, maybe 40. I don't even know. It's a pretty it's a pretty good jam, and it, they are hammering. Um, it's just shooting really good. So talk to me about your process, um, what you say the correct way is. I want to know if I'm messing up or not. <laughs> and exactly what you're doing um you know taking that virgin brass that you know historically has came with absolute excessive neck tension yep. from the factory with lapua yep. don't run an expander mandrel through it True. people think they want to do that to get good conceit you know consistent you know uh seating in the bullet um this is the one time you don't want that you, yes you want max neck neck tension and that's where most people are messing up right there okay the 30 report 40 thou you know, I'm on the exact same page. That's what I'm doing. 30 okay. grains of Vargit, losing one piece per hundred on average. Okay. Yes, I would say one to one and a half pieces of hundred on average is, is accurate. Luckily for the last couple lots of Lapua uh, uh, 6BR brass, they've been throwing an extra piece in each box. Yeah. So that, that's that been pretty beneficial too. Yeah, <laughs> you, you end up with a hundred still. That's true. <laughs> 
So so maybe yeah. don't tell them their scales might be off on their weight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening. Maybe um, they're just being generous. We thank you for that, Lapua. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but that's exactly the way I do it. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, I don't, I don't want to fire form," and you know, you know, it's a waste. And man, it's only a waste if you make it a waste. I mean, exactly. it's very valuable. That the ammo shoots, like you said, very, very good fire forming. Um, most people's weakness is shooting positional. Why in the world could you not go to your range and shoot this, you know, positionally and work on your flaws with this ammo? Mm-hmm. Um, we all know that a barrel is going to speed up, you know, for the first 150 rounds minimum. Yep. Um, you can do load development before that 150 and, and do really well. But, you know, we're different than F-class guys and bench rest guys. We're not getting ciders. Yeah. You know, that first shot matters to us. We, we need that barrel stabilized in speed. So, to be honest with you, I really don't even get serious about load development until I've got 150 rounds down a barrel. Okay. Um, this is good. This so is good stuff, people. This is this is what it took me a while to learn, and this is exactly what I did this weekend. Is I had, I loaded 150, uh, and I just fire formed a brand new barrel. So I'm breaking it in. I'm getting ridiculous practice and making good brass. And if you get a like, a, if you get further into this, you'll get you know, a handful of barrels for the season, two, three barrels, four barrels to make it through a whole season of shooting. I mean, if you're doing 150 to 200 a barrel, there's 800 pieces of brass, six, 800. When you finish a barrel, save that barrel as a fire forming barrel and you can do as much as you want. So these are, these are subtle things that I, like you said, people make a bigger deal about fire form than it needs to be. It's, it's super good practice, really accurate. You're shooting your match gun and you're, you're, you're making brass. So, um, so, so yeah, tight neck tension is key. Every once in a while, I'll have a, if there, maybe it's less neck tension, I'll have a piece that, uh, that'll click. Oh, also, what do you think about, I, I use 450s in competition, CCI 450s. I think they have a little harder cup, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the 400s are softer. And so I yeah. do fire form with 400s. That, what do you, what do you think about that? Man, I think that's fine as long as you're not piercing primers. I mean, you know, that's, yep. that's going to be, be the catch. Um, you know, I, I like 450s. I run 450s almost you when know, you're forming. 100% of the time. Okay. Um, they work for me, but have I seen, back, you know, super hard lots, you know, cups of 450s that have caused people troubles all across the nation? Yes. Okay. okay. So I, I do 400s and I've never pierced one, but um, knock on wood. But okay. I guess that that's going to come down to your gun then, how. If you're if you're having bad ignition with 450s on fire forming, then you can step down to 400s. But I had out of the 400, I had two that I that clicked and didn't go off, and so I had to I pulled the bullet, um, and then I just ran that I just ran that piece through my dasher dasher uh, sizer just to neck that neck down to get that tension back, loaded them back up, and they both went off first time. So every Very once good. in a while you'll have a case click, just FYI. But um, okay, so. Uh- what other what other yeah, thoughts on Dasher? I mean, everyone's using it and talking about. It, so, what what other things have you seen or your go to loads and 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 that kind of stuff? Man, if you're shooting, you know, 105s fast, you know, you know, not mm-hmm. crazy. It's going to pass a water test. You know, people mm-hmm. don't know what a water test is. It's something you should do on every rifle, a hunting rifle, or a match rifle. Yep. You know, we all want to we all want to shoot fast, but. You know, what's going to cause us problems is, you know, getting over pressure in the rain, you know, shooting the matches we're shooting, we're shooting in the rain. If we're out chasing a big old white tail or sheep somewhere in the rain, hey, we, we're not stopping. Yep. Um, so the best thing to do is find that accurate load. 
and you know take your water bottle wet your magazine wet your ammo you don't got to fill your gun up or do nothing crazy but just yeah. wet your ammo you know your ammo to to make it simulate that you're in a rainstorm and mm-hmm. if you're over pressure you're gonna know it oh yeah you're gonna have super heavy bolt lift you know you're gonna look at the bottom of that brass and see the hardest um ejector swipe you've ever seen yep. um you know you can run into some issues you know you can pierce primers but you need to do that to know that you're safe i mean yep. everybody wants to run you know high performance but it's really not the the right thing to do in any situation you need to have you know you need to have some some room to play there with pressure yeah i love it so you're and don't just shoot one shoot get your stuff wet shoot three four or five make sure. it so your chamber sure. gets wet and everything absolutely that's i've seen so many guys and myself i'm guilty of it i've had i've gone to matches where i thought i was fine and i was right there on the edge and the wetter it got the stickier the bolt lift got and it starts costing you points so um so you you run longer barrels on your dashers too right you're generally in that 27 28 and you're running with 105s you you run a little fast, and different barrels are different. So um, some barrels run slower than others, and you generally are running Kriegers, and they're and they run they're a, they're a relatively quick barrel, from what I've seen in comparison to some other brands. Um, uh, they are generally they are Kriegers tend to run a little fast. You know, thirty two point six grains of Argot behind a one hundred five hybrid. You know, with a twenty thou jump is pretty much. If it doesn't work with that, just take the barrel off throw it in the garbage because <laughs> um, it's, it's gonna work i mean it's gonna you know it should shoot if it's if it's a properly built rifle it should shoot quarter inch or better you know consistently if you're doing your thing yeah um you know and what speed is that for you generally are you 29 ish there or man generally i'm with that i'm i'm bumping 2990 whoa in that range and you know it's safe and okay. it just works okay um, that's what I'm seeing in, you know, the Kriegers, which I'm shooting a 237 bore four groove. Okay. Um, I've had similar speeds with Hawk Hills. They're they're pretty fast barrels. Okay. Um, I mean, I've shot Bart lines. You can, you yeah. know, it, it's Ford and Chevy when it comes to barrels. I mean, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some Dodges out there. You know? <laughs> I love but, it. <laughs> you got to stay away from the Dodge. But yeah but this is this is tough i wanted i want to throw brands and names out there and you could we could but just i guess for now we're not gonna we're not gonna say but you you already listed you listed some good ones i've just uh i've just started shooting some benchmarks and been pretty happy with them but i'm pretty new to them as well but that's what i just shot in nebraska and thing just hammered so but yeah there's chambered up nice i was real happy with the way it looked in the lead it was good good bear and that was you said that was some one of your one of your first benchmarks you messed with too. It so. was okay, it cool. It was one of my first. I've, I've done some for Mike Keenan, I believe. Okay, um, as well. But, so, um, so yeah, I, I mean, so far so good. Okay, so I'm just getting into those. So I'll learn more as they go. But so far so good. But yeah, so the uh, so again, take uh, do the water test. Twenty nine ninety. What I, out here was fast for me. It just depends on your gun. Just like you said, exactly. Just do your water test. Figure out what your own stuff is doing, but. Um, you know, figure out where you're hitting pressure and then back it back or down from there. So, um, uh, let's see here. Oh, I gotta go. Okay. You, you went out this morning. You said you didn't want to talk about the podcast cause no one's going to believe you. I gotta, I gotta bring it up. You were, what were you, you're shooting a six BR this morning. Yeah. I shot my six BR this morning. Okay. Walk us. Walk. I haven't heard the story I've been waiting for in the podcast. So I want to hear this. And, and he says, no one's going to believe him. I blew him cause Joe wouldn't lie to anybody ever, and and I and I've seen what he does with guns, and it's amazing. So, all right, 
there's the preface. What what were you doing well, this morning? <laughs> I've been bored, man. I'm tagged out here in Florida on turkeys now, which has been a good season. You're a turkey and killer. All, all the matches are canceled. I know. So, so I was bored, and man, I got to look at the weather yesterday, and it called it called for you know good cloud cover this morning and just light winds, and I knew it was going to be perfect for shooting. So nice. Uh, I loaded up some 4895 in my BR with some 105 hybrids, and um, I just wanted to do a ladder test at 500 yards. And okay. man, the first group I fired down it, I saw the first two shots hit the paper, and um, on the third one, I, I felt myself pull it just a hair left, and okay. I told myself, and I couldn't see it. Drove down there, measured it, and man, it was a stinking good group. I mean, it was it was par for the course. If I okay. was snacks on it, it was an inch and five-eighths group that only had a sixteenth of an inch of vertical. Whoa. And, um, so I was like, oh, this is, this is good, you know? So Whoa. ended up, I shot the ladder, you know, two charges later. Okay. And um, it was uh, 30 grains of H4895 with that 105 hybrid. I had trimmed okay. the tips on them. That's all I'd done to them. Okay. Um, and I uh, did not point them. Okay. And, uh, man, I shot a... A point three one two inch group at five hundred yards. And, Whoa! I mean, it was it was a perfect little triangle, and I was just like, oh. man. So I sent the picture <laughs> to to a couple people, and I was like, check this out. And I was really surprised at the speed that was coming out of that forty eight ninety five with just thirty grains. So I've got to water test it. Of course, I've got to reconfirm it. Um, the ladder wow. looked good. I've already got my best load with the Bargett which is 30.3 grains with the 105. So I, okay. next good day, I'm going to shoot them head-to-head at 500 and 1,000, you know, probably three five-shot groups apiece at each distance and pick which one works the best. But, yeah, Dude. that three one two group, man, it just made a Monday just Dude. a little bit better. Why, you know? why is that so satisfying? I get, like, I'll come in trying to do load development or, or trying new stuff or testing, and when, with, like, I'll come in for dinner, and if I had a, something bad went wrong or I wasn't quite there, I'll be off like, oh, I'm, I'm stewing about it. And then you do something like that. I'm just, like, on cloud nine. I was like, I should be over that by now. <laughs> but every time you shoot a tiny little group, I get so fired up. <laughs> oh, it's a good feeling. Dude, point three at 500 yards, is that is that – that's the number. That's insane. Point three one two. yeah. It was, it was pretty nice. I, I was pretty happy, so – I'll just say forty eight ninety five is gonna get another look. Holy you know? smoke. Okay, so what was the twenty seven inch barrel? What were your speeds? I'm a twenty eight and a half inch okay. barrel on the BR. I go long. Okay. Um, man, it was really fast and that's what kind of scares me. It was twenty nine twenty. Whoa. Um, okay. So I wanna I wanna check it with the with the water bottle. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm gonna check it. But man, to be honest, I kinda guessed it loads because I'd never shot forty eight ninety five in the BR and yeah. I'd shot this thing on up to, I think the heaviest charge I shot was 30.6 grains. And man, the speeds were really ridiculous there. And the case, I could see a little pressure on the bottom, but it wasn't scary. Now, I know it would really? cause problems with water, but yeah. the speeds that it was putting out just blew me away. Holy smokes. Because I thought, I mean, I haven't shot 4895, I guess, but I thought it was, it seemed like people generally said it was would was usually a little slower than Varga, but maybe I'm wrong. No, it's a little faster burn. Faster, it's okay, a, okay. Yeah, it is. Had it a on that, but oh, maybe yeah, we shouldn't talk nice. about it since Varga's gone everywhere. Nobody, hey, don't nobody rush out and buy forty eight ninety five, okay? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know that's yeah. the. We got it was a, great, man. I'm man. ready for these masses get fired up. I know. I'm I'm Jones and shoot. It's kind of nice to get. I've been working a lot. I need to, I need to get a guy hired for work, and I can't just. 
everything's kind of jacked up with this thing. So I've been working extra, and I want to go shoot. And I've, this weekend was nice. I just was shooting and breaking in guns. It felt good to get back to it a little bit. So um, what do you do for – Let's talk about your reloading process. Again, you're known for groups like you just shot today. You've you've posted more crazy groups at a thousand, and you'll go out and you'll all be talking on the phone like, "Well, I shot side by side at 500 and a thousand, and and this this group was like three inches at a thousand, but this one was four inches." I'm like, dude, I don't. That's all. That's amazing. I don't. I mean, <laughs> you're splitting hairs between tiny groups and tiny groups. So let's let's dive into obviously you're you're building amazing guns you uh, back to that real quick you 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 talked me into betting all everything he's like you you've kind of said hey what's the downside you're just eliminating variables what's your thoughts on just you you bet all your guns you do all that stuff correct man i beg i bet everything unless a customer absolutely wants to fight me to keep me from betting it okay. like I, I think it's so important. I think it's so important on chassis guns. It's okay. important on everything. There's some good stocks out there that shoot really well without it. Yeah. But man, there's so many chassis out there that are pretty horrible okay. um, and they need to be bedded. And I've seen guns shoot good with chassis, but it's like, what is shooting good? You know, what's your definition? Yeah. You know, if a guy shoots a, you know, a, a 0.312 inch group at 500 yards, does that mean that gun's that good? No, I mean, what if I can't do it again, or if I can't yeah. get near that? You know, now yeah. if it's shooting five inch groups, well, it's a five inch gun. Yeah. Um. So you got to keep that in perspective. But mm-hmm. you know, you're. I don't care how good your gear is. I don't care how good your ammo is, and you know how good of a shooter you are, and how, you know how many trophies you got at the house. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to the range, and you're going to have a bad day. Absolutely. And, and usually it's going to be the day or two before you leave for a match. <laughs> so and, true. And so then you got to call a buddy and let him talk you down off that ledge. You know, yep. because Guilty. Man, we've all been there. Guilty. We, we all, and, and we're, is the more we shoot, we're going to go there again, you know? Yep. Um, yep. So you got to get consistent. Um, As far as my reloading process, yeah. man, we could get long on that. But the short, you know, the, the short aspect of it, you know, full length size, don't neck size. Come good. on, guys, bump your shoulders and, yep. and measure that. Um, do good brass prep. You know, use really good bushings or expander mandrels or both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, make sure you don't clean that brass too much. Yeah. Um, that's a big problem right now. What's going on with stainless tumbling media? Um, man, you can get that brass so clean that it's really hard to get, you know, um, consistent tension on your case necks when seating a bullet you know okay um, there's some things that you need to keep in mind there um that's there's good. good and bad with with keeping stuff clean so let's go through your process then when you say you go to a match and we're not it's not all rainy and muddy so your brass isn't like completely disgusting just a regular dry match you're, you got a little dust normal dirt on what do you do with your brass when you get home Man, I throw that in an old school vibratory tumbler, okay. and um, what do you man, for- I let that thing churn and burn. It can be walnut, it can be corn cob. I really don't care. Okay. Um, but I do buy some stuff. It's it's made by Flitz, and it's a yep. it's a polish. It's a paste you put in there. Man, if you put a little bit in there, Brandon Hembry turned it, turned me on to it. So, okay. And I'm really glad he did. But he left out one key feature. Um, let that stuff run in that tumbler with just the media like overnight to let it really get soaked in. Don't like throw some brass in there an hour later. Cause <laughs> so, so throw some, some of that flit stuff in, let it run get it dispersed through all yep. the media. Okay. And then and how I'll long do you five different loads with that before I'll recharge it. You okay. Know, five different 
buckets full. But I mean, I'll clean that stuff, get it clean, get you know the dirt, the mud out of it, whatever. I'll run it through a decapping dye, which is a decapper only. Yep. Um, if the necks are dinged up, I'll run it through an expander mandrel. Okay. Um, if they're not, you know, I won't. Um, okay. I like to use imperial wax old school it's slow nobody likes doing it <laughs> watch tv and put wax on brass at night you know okay okay um i full length size I, I like you know two to three thou neck tension okay. i like bumping the shoulders two to three thou perfect um you know i like jumping a bullet we've got to be able to extract rounds whether we're hunting or shooting matches agreed very important that you don't get too close to them lands yep um, I like a minimum of 20 off. Okay. Sure, guns can shoot further. Um, you know, you, I've done a lot of testing on that. I know people are testing it right now. You know, I don't think I'll ever see myself shoot more than 70 off of yeah. the bullets there. You know, they're looking at 105 hybrids. People are. And, man, I've never had one shoot better, you know, at 110 off versus that 20 to 70 range. Yeah. They just, you can usually get them to shoot really well there. Yep. Um, as far as charging the you know priming the ammo mm -hmm. cci 450 is generally for me um, depending on what caliber um man i've got a great powder scale i got a gen 2 prometheus had it for years cool. perfect um, it just you know throws to the kernel yep. as far as seat and bullets i really prefer an arbor press okay um, Wilson, stainless micrometer i like to be able to feel it man if, if i get one that feels funky seating yep. um Man, don't freak out. That's a good bullet. Just turn it upside down in your box. Save it for a cold bore shot. Save it for a fowler after you clean that barrel. Yep. Um, you know, it's still good ammo. Don't freak out. But you're going to get one that feels a little wonky sometimes. You might as well, you know, sort it out. Absolutely. Um, so on that, just, on that Arbor Press, let me cut you off real quick. On the Arbor sure. Press, are you using the... The I know you can set those up with like a force pack, so it actually show dials the pre shows you how much pressure it does to seat each bullet. I know bench press guys do that. Are you doing that, or just you want to arbor press just so you can feel by hand? Man, I I would like to have that attachment, and I'm too cheap to buy it. Okay, um, okay. I, I really think I'm glad you don't because bullet. I just I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's another variable. Yeah. No, man, you can feel it. That's you can. The beauty of using an arbor press. Like, you can really feel it. And, yep. You know, I don't know exactly what reading it's putting out, but I can tell you if they all feel the same. Absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, with, with, you know, that little bit of simple process, you know, I really think that you can uh, you can make some good ammo. You can have extremely low SDs. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, if you've got SDs on a BR, BR variant that's averaging over six for an SD, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you could work on your process somewhere. Yep. Um, it's generally going to be below that. And that's, that's pretty solid. Agreed. You know? Absolutely. Um, you kind of turned, you turned me on to taking the, um, taking the expander button out of my sizing die. Oh, absolutely. Talk Don't about, talk about that for a minute. Been. Because this, this this goes against what a lot of people think. I, a lot of good shooters, and, and I I've been doing it for a while now, and I'm I just I can't I love it. My seating, everything is it's so so so. Talk about it for a second. Well, I don't. I'm too dumb to understand how they work. I reckon. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of people argue with me about them, but you know you you've got a piece of brass that's dinged up. Um, it's it, the first thing it's got to do is go over that expander ball, which is you know larger than the ID of that case neck. Mm -hmm. It expands it out to whatever that size is, and mm -hmm. on the upstroke it goes into your bushing. Mm -hmm. If you have a bushing die, it makes it small again. Mm -hmm. But to get that piece of brass out, it's got to go back over that expander ball again. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I don't care if you use good lube or not. If you lube up 10 cases and you run them over an expander ball and I blindfolded you, um, and then I took the expander ball out of a die Mm -hmm. and we just used expanding mandrels as a step, Mm -hmm. um, and you sized them, you know, another 10 pieces of brass, I guarantee you 100% of the people would know which one had the ball in or not. You feel like you're ripping the next apart. 100%. Um, why overwork your brass? Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This I, is, yep. you know, your SDs will go down if you take your expander ball out. You know, I had a Betress guy at the shop, I don't know, week before last, and, you know, he kind of had a different view on it. And I was like, well, you know, you know, yeah, I'm going to do what I'm going to keep doing because, you know, I see the results on target. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh-huh. there's there's more multiple ways to skin a cat, but I've been thrilled to I, I have mandrels, um and I mean even picking up match brass off the ground that's getting stepped on, rarely do I need to like fix a case neck. I mean it seems like out of five hundred, maybe just a couple that I'm like, well, I should probably run that over a mandrel. It seems like just running them with the expander ball out, running them through the die. Um I just, it's been so easy and they, they feel like you said, they feel, it feels so much better. It runs so much smoother. My head, you know, my head space maintains it's everything is just more uniform, more, more concentric. It just, I, I just, I can't say enough good things about it. And you also talked me into switching back to just, just sizing on a rock chucker. And Man, yeah, I mean, old bench rest gunsmith told me that, um, long time ago, um, Leonard Beatty, he actually built me a, a bench rest dasher back years and years ago. And okay. Man, you know, you always ask old timers for advice. Yeah. You don't mess it up. I'm like, man, can you give me a piece of advice about hand load? And that was his number one piece of advice. He said, son, he said, buy you a rock chucker for every caliber you're going to size brass on. <laughs> and I said, really? He's like, look, man, you can find them on eBay. You can yep. find them on Midway blowout sale. You can, you can find these things. Yep. They're good. They're good presses. Yep. You know, set that thing up and get your headspace set, and you never have to measure that stuff ever again. You never mm-hmm. have to fight it, you know. And yep. you know, I, you know, I encourage guys to get the competition shell holders. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, from RCBS. I mean, they're are ready. I'm sorry, from ready. Yep. They're great. Um, yep. As far as setting up a die, but once it's set up, and I take a magic marker and I'll write on there, you know, use the point zero zero four. You know, and if yeah. I take it out and put it in a different press, I know to put it in there. It's yep. just, man, you just make such good brass, so quick, so easy, less room for mistakes, yep. you know? Yep. I've done the same thing. I don't know. Do you run the the inline fab case eject system on yours? Man, I don't. I should get that. I've it's, seen pictures of, like, Brian Allen. I it's sweet. People using them. They're like, these are great. And I, I, need to, I need to break down and do that. Yeah, it is fast. It makes it fast, fast. So I I did what you did. I got a I got that Bullet Central Dasher die, which I'm in love with. I took the expander ball out. I've got the case eject system on a rock chucker, and I put a roller handle. So I kind of tricked out a rock chucker. And I can size brass so stinking fast, and it feels like – Every single piece just sizes like butter. There's no hang-ups. There's no grabbing. I, I've been. It's one of my favorite things I've done for, for reloading in a while. And I checked, you know, checking con- concentricity on the gauges, and and there's there's zero run out. It just it's just 
it's made everything easier. I think I think brass gets overlooked a lot in this game, and and with a good foundation. I know you. I've done some neck turning. You do a, you do a lot of neck turning, and really, really particular. You you like you said you you trim bullets, and you do you do more than a lot of guys, and obviously it pays off. Some of the things I've tried, and I haven't done just because of diminishing returns, but the press thing seems like. I mean, I'm thrilled with it. It's been it's so easy and so. It's just easy, and it work how, for how good it is. I just, I just love it. So, um, anyway, okay. So reloading your, that's probably you got the Cadillac of powder of scales and and doing the ar- the arbor press is interesting. And then are you? Let's talk about bullets real quick. I mean, and we'll talk about nectarine. You do. It seems like sometimes you're nectarine, sometimes you're not. You kind of go back and forth a little bit, or is it more of a time thing? Man, I do. Um, you know you can shoot some just amazing groups and you can win matches and you can kill trophies without neck turning brass. And it's a mm-hmm. variable that I don't want to do. It's a variable that once I sit down to do it, you know, I'm going to buy, you know, on a match gun, I'm going to buy five to 600 pieces of brass, you mm-hmm. know, when I'm starting on one minimum. And so, you know, I, you know, I get about 70 rounds in the 500 or whatnot. And I'm like, why did I do this? I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> and what was I thinking? But that's a, you know, a lie I've been telling myself for years. Um, last year I stopped, man. I didn't shoot any neck turn brass last year. And, um, okay. you know, I just got real busy at work. And, you know, I mean, heck, I remember, I don't know if it was last, I think it was year before last, like right before the finale, like two weeks before, I had a couple shooters, like PRS shooters. One of them I may or may not be talking to right now. <laughs> um, like, man, I need a new barrel. And then somebody else like, man, yep. I need a barrel. I need it for the finale. And it's like, man, I need to be practicing. I need to get ready. No, I'm you know, oh, spitting man. out some barrels. And that's great. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm just poking the bear. You know? but, Absolutely. Well deserved. That's how, you know, you, you get busy working. So. Yeah. But, you know, with all the stuff that's going on and, you know, the downtime that we had, I, I was kind of bored. You know, I, I yeah. killed a big old buck this year. I was tagged out everywhere. Yeah, you and, did. And stud so I, stud yeah, buck yeah. over there in Oklahoma. Heck yeah, I had old Master Tate as a guy hook me up. I love it. Um, Man, it was good. And, Look, uh, hey, if you haven't seen it, people, go on go on Joe's Instagram. Is it on? It's on Exodus Rifles, right? Yeah, I'm sure he's on Go check right it out. Right. Big old stud of a whitetail that he worked pretty hard for. So go go check yeah. that deer out. Beautiful deer. So yeah, it's anyway. pretty cool. But so <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Yo, know, just neck turning and neck turning. Yeah, so, so so I decided to get back to my roots this year a little bit. Not you know, I neck turned some brass and um man, okay. that's that's the that's the gun I shot that stinking awesome group with this morning. So yep. obviously it does help, you know. Yep. Okay. So, man, we could, I can, I got, we've been going for over an hour. We'll, we'll, we'll go a little longer here, but I could go a long, we could go deep into a lot of this stuff. Cause this we is, could. this is me There's geeking out, but let's, let's hit the broad strokes again. If, if you're a newer, sh- if, if you're experienced enough to be able to shoot the difference in neck turning, you can make it your own decision. If you're a newer shooter, don't worry about neck turning. Don't worry about trimming bullets. A six BR with, 105 hybrids out of the box will shoot better than you can uh it's not holding you back so i don't want people to worry think they can't be competitive by not doing some of this stuff but as you progress further along then by all means if you like to tinker turns i've, I've turned a bunch of necks and I've, I've played with different things and um you know i i just don't want people to get discouraged like it's like it's overwhelming some of the stuff you don't need to do um you can shoot tiny groups with 
six br brass out of a box and 105 hybrids and as good as you'll ever shoot so anyway just throwing that disclaimer out there but um let's go real quick into when you send a new gun to somebody um or you get your your guns ready what what do you do for uh everyone talks about barrel breaking they all mean something different what's what's your thoughts on that shoot 150 rounds down it and don't do anything i love it i love it i love it so you you finish your barrel and then you clean it obviously to get the cutting any chips or any cutting oil or whatever out of there right yep absolutely so patch it all out and then you go from zero shots to 150 shots without doing anything that's right yep. i love that you, you hear that brian <laughs> <laughs> okay um Okay, and so then at 150, what do you do? Man, I clean that thing like brand new. So my process for cleaning it like brand new is I want to get a, a bronze brush, okay. old school, brand spanking new, oversized. If it's six millimeter, I use a seven millimeter. Holy smokes. I'm going to use that brush one time and I'm going to throw it away. They're only like a dollar fifty a piece. Okay. Like, don't keep these things, people. This is um, new. This is new to me right here a little bit. So okay. I like this. So, okay. So there's a lot of good products out there. I've definitely only used, you know, a very small percentage of them. I think where most people mess up, especially six millimeter shooters, you have got to keep the carbon out of your barrel. There's a lot of, yep. you know, barrel cleaners out there that do not do anything to carbon and people are using them and that's all they're using. And boy, are they asking for trouble really quick. Okay. Um, that's good info. Use something that removes carbon. There's some carbon cleaners out there that'll take your breath away and probably take five years of your life <laughs> away with one whiff of it. I'm pretty convinced. True. Um, and it might make your wife kill you if you go to clean a gun in your house. So <laughs> stay away from that. Um, okay. I've been using some stuff that Bullet Central came out with, actually, and it's called Theraclean. It's a two-part system. It's a, okay. it's a liquid, and it's a, a paste. That's, it's it's a, an unbelievably mild abrasive that's got some IOSO paste in there. But okay. basically, I put a few patches of the liquid. Then I put the paste on that brand-new bronze brush, and I scrub that bore about 20 times. Okay. Um, when I'm done, I take that liquid, I patch three or four down it, I clean that bronze brush off with brake cleaner or acetone, okay. which I always have in the shop, and I put the paste on it again, and I scrub that thing about 20 more times. Um, wow. When I'm done with that, I'll patch it out with the liquid one more time, and then I'm going to clean everything up really good with either brake cleaner or acetone. Okay. Um, I'll use a 45 caliber cotton swab to clean, to clean out the chamber area. Yep. And if I need to use a lug recess tool to do, you know, mm -hmm. right there at the lug abutments, I'll do that as well. Okay. Um, get that thing clean. Um, once that thing is as clean as can be, then when I go to the range to shoot groups, mm -hmm. I'm going to put five rounds down that gun into the berm. I don't even look at them. Like, I might even shoot at a, a little five inch plate at a thousand yards playing around, but yeah. I want to foul that gun, you know? Okay. Let, hold on. Let me, let me pause for a second. Between yep. your spotless cleaning, um, yep. are you putting any kind of oil or anything, any kind of lubricant? Are you, are you, do you I'm get not. it completely? So you clean it and dry it and you shoot it dry. I shoot it dry. Okay. I do. Okay. Keep... People that look at that two different ways, but I've never had, you know, any ill effects from it. Okay. Perfect. Um, so I'm going to keep on rocking. Yep. Um, after that, I'm going to clean it every 300 rounds. Okay. Just like that. Same exact process. Why 300? Wow. Well, it, it might be plus some, it might be less than some. Yep. You know, when I clean Depends that barrel, typically what I do, I've got a big match coming up. I'm going to leave on Thursday or Friday to go to that match. Yep. Um, I want to shoot. I want to confirm zero, mm -hmm. you know, that week. 
I want to put some rounds down that gun and, and feel confident. So, you yeah. know, if I go and I shoot, you know, 50 rounds and leave for the match and everything's great and so be it. If I shoot 50 and have one of them, you know, terrible days where things just aren't happening, I don't want to freak out and I want to put 50 more down it. Yep. Next day I get to shoot or late in the afternoon, everything lines up, we're golden, it's time to get on the airplane or jump in the truck. Yep. Um, then I can shoot that match, which is generally 200 rounds for most of the matches that we shoot. Yep. And I know that that gun is going to perform, you know, up to 300 rounds and it's going to shoot extremely accurately. You do yep. not got to be an anal gun scrubber. Okay. Um, you do not be the guy, be the bench rest guy, but you don't want to be the guy on the internet that says, let the barrel tell you when to clean it. If you let the barrel, <laughs> let a lot of people say that. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this is, I've gone back and forth a bunch and I just, I've gone a long, long time. I've gone less. I've tried, you know, this is definitely, uh, I feel like I have all the things. A lot of people agree on BR variants. A lot of people agree on the consistent bullets. This is a very individual. I know, I remember when we talked and we talked, Jake was talking about what he does sure. and you were blowing yep. a gasket. And so like, he just doesn't touch them and, you know, maybe clean, he'll clean the chamber out and then that's pretty much it. And you know, so this is a very, um, I respect, if I heard this from a lot of other people, honestly, I, I might disregard, but because I know you and I know I've watched your guns shoot on zero day on hundred yard paper enough to be just be just to be like, holy, like when you bring a gun to a match, it's shooting in the same hole. And it's just, it's, it, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. So this is, but this is very, I would say this is more unorthodox than most of the guys that I know. So I do appreciate, it's, it's fun to listen to. So, well, I, I think that, you know, Jim C, he had told me a long time ago when I was getting into this building guns, he said, you know, more people are ruining You heard so, let me back up. You heard so many people that were mm -hmm. shooting six millimeter Creedmoors the first year that it was available in the PRS, the speed limit was 3150. Okay. okay. And you had tons of people that were great shooters that their barrels were going crazy at 750 rounds and they're having problems <laughs> at matches and, yep. you know, the, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, it happened to lots of people. Yeah. And they're trying to food. run super fast speeds with high round counts. Exactly. And, yep. you know, most of the time what that problem, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on the creed more it happened with others as yeah, well. 243 um, is just as guilty. Sure. But, um, you know, this, that was the popular cartridge at the time. And mm -hmm. what it was is people were getting carbon rings established and they were getting pressure spikes and yep. were, it was just causing terrible SDs. It was causing terrible accuracy. It was just causing all sorts of problems. Yep. And Jim C had told me, he said, man, you know, if you get a carbon ring established, you can take IOSO paste and you can scrub it out. And he said, you got a 50-50 chance that it's going to come out and everything's going to be good, or you got a 50-50 chance that you're going to ruin that barrel. Well, uh, barrels are expensive. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's like changing the oil in your truck. I mean, you know, we can buy a brand new, you know, truck and, you know, yeah. change our oil every 50,000 miles if we want to. Mm -hmm. But is that the right thing to do? Yep. You know, I mean... I can't argue with Jake's performance. Jake, he's a man, and he's definitely one of the very best of all time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But, you know, not knocking Jake in any way, but Jake's probably got 10 barrels piled up ready to go, and yep. the average person doesn't have that. So yep. if Jake has a problem on Monday, yep. Jake's rolling by Monday an hour later. Yeah. Um, yep. So I think people need to keep that in perspective, and I think pre preventative maintenance is definitely a good thing.
That's yeah. that's a good. Yeah, because most guys, including myself, I haven't used a bronze brush in a barrel in well since I had a carbon ring. Right before the two, I was shooting six SLR right before the FTW finale, and exactly what you said, it just went nuts. I was it was shooting good, and I started having pressure spikes. I didn't know I didn't have a bore scope. I didn't know anything. I was new to the sport, and finally somebody mentioned it. I ended up tracking a bore scope. It was actually a guy was selling it on eBay. And he actually lived down the road, so I ended up emailing him and met him and meeting him in person that day. Picked it up because this is like Tuesday before the finale. I was supposed to fly out on Thursday, and I'm losing my mind because I don't have backup barrels. I got nothing. I'm new to the sport, sure. and sure. stick that bore scope in there. And sure enough, like right, a carbon ring um, forms at the end of the neck of the case, be, like right at the end of the neck of the case between there and your, you know, in your free bore, like. I'm not saying the end, the end of where your chamber's cut, and you could see as clear as day this big old thick carbon ring. And I took that was the last time I had to put a short cleaning rod, bronze brush. I used man, I used JB bore paste, I used Butch's bore shine, I used every chemical. I probably did take five years off my life, and I scrubbed and scrubbed, and I'd clean it and look, and it's still there, and I scrubbed and scrubbed. And then, and that gun hammered it, cleaned out. And but, but so anyway, that being said, I have not used a bronze bore brush and forever i just use nylon i use bortec eliminator i've been real happy with it it's it's done pretty well but this is this is interesting to me this is making me want to maybe test the waters a little bit on a couple little barrels that weren't shooting too good i wonder if i really just took it to them and put them back on and how they do well i mean here's the deal i mean take a muzzle break yeah we're we're all running muzzle breaks pretty much Mm -hmm. a large majority you know that muzzle brake's going to get dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you take a muzzle brake off that's been fired about 700 rounds, and <laughs> holy moly, you can really see what's going on in there. Yep. Man, take a Q-tip, you know, with that with that yep. cleaner that you like so much, and try yep. to clean that muzzle brake with a Q-tip. It doesn't touch Just remember, it doesn't it, touch clean it. it like it's one pass with a tight-fitting patch. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I know. Like, you might be there for 48 hours cleaning. You'd be that. there longer than that. You might, ne- you might never get, I just, this weekend I put in, I had four breaks that I ran in ultrasonic almost the all day Saturday picking and ultrasonicing. And, Absolutely. and you, I don't think you would ever, I don't think you could ever patch the carbon off of those breaks. I don't know. I don't think you could. I don't think and you I, ever would. That's, that's where I tell people that's why you need a, a good brush. You know, all this, I'm not going to scrub and all oh, your, Man, if, if a bronze brush is ruining that barrel, you probably got some metallurgical problems. You need to go to yeah. a different barrel manufacturer. No, you know, that's, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, that's that a brush, fair point. Um, yeah, you're pushing. Yeah, you're pushing a bronze brush by hand down after, right. you know, shortly after running barrel bullets through a barrel, <laughs> three thousand feet yeah, a second. It's not even close. That's okay. So. That I mean, that's that's an interesting topic. Um, so you're doing have you have you run them? You say you do every three hundred. Have you taken them to five or six hundred? And and man, I probably took them to four hundred. You know, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty good about cleaning. I'm going I'm going to clean every. Try to be every three hundred. I may stretch it to four hundred, but I don't go any longer. You know, I just okay. want to be, like I said, proactive on that for sure. Yeah. So are you bore scoping like and looking and I mean, are they like clean, clean like? Man, no, I'm not. I don't want to look down my barrel. Yeah, that, I would recommend like, not I, looking. <laughs> like, dude, I'm not gonna do it. Like, you know. Okay. I mean, goodness gracious, 
if I see something that, that's bad, I'm going to be wanting to change that barrel. That barrel <laughs> might be a one-hole gun and last another 1,500 It's rounds. so true. I've looked at some of the nastiest. Fire cracking happens so fast. It's so fast. So, okay, okay. I mean, I heard uh, I heard Terry Cross, um, you know, there, there's all these gunsmiths out there that they want to spit this uh, – this magic and, yeah, and yep. voodoo on reamer design and I've changed <laughs> this angle and I've changed that angle. Terry Cross said it best. He said, man, you know what I like is all them guys that argue about this angle and that angle. Let, let them, let us chamber up all the barrel on one and put a hundred rounds down it yep. and pay them a hundred thousand dollars. If they can all, they can pick which one was doubted after that, you know, erosion and firecracking yep. happened and nobody could tell, yep. you know, so I believe you're arguing it. over nothing. That's funny. Yep. Yeah, I use I try not to look in barrels anymore. I use the bore scope to look at the chamber. I check the chamber. There just, you go. just all I do is look at the make sure there's no carbon ring, and there that's the only thing I check. So, man, <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, that's definitely interesting. So, what was the? It was bullet centric. It was called Theraclean. Is that what you were? Theraclean. It's called Theraclean. You okay. Get bullet Central or this awesome business called OTM Tactical. Oh, you guys carry it. I've I've heard of that place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> So OT- Man, it's not this cheap. It's like fourteen bucks. It'll last you forever. Okay, so, uh, it's pretty good to do. It's cheap. I might play it, do a little experimenting, a little tinkering. So that's good stuff. Yeah. So Anyway, all right. I don't. I don't want to keep you up. We were hour. We're going to be pushing an hour and a half here shortly. But um, <laughs> well, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed talking to you as yeah, always. I love so. it. Your wealth of knowledge. I'm sure we'll get some questions. I'd love to have you on in the future. But anything else that I think we did reloading and cleaning and and then I mean we could talk about. We could go on and on, but anything else you want to mention? I want to definitely add is because I want to see people shooting. Yeah. We're going to all get through this Kung Fu flu, whatever you want to call it. We'll get through it. We're going to get stronger. Matches are going to pop back up. I want to see new shooters at matches. Absolutely. Um, Get out and shoot. Um, You know, get out and watch the veterans. Watch, you know, John and Jake and Tate and Clay. Yep. You know, myself, whoever, man, yep. whoever's, you know, in your area, you know, Brandon Henry depends, you know, Dave Preston in the Northeast, you know, yep. Matt Brousseau in Texas, yep. you know, Dan Drecke, watch them guys, like yep. learn from them, go to a match. If you can do that, you will beat the curve so much quicker than what, you know, us guys that came up, you know, seven years ago. Yeah, learn um, the hard way. See how to get them in position, see what bags do you see how to set up. Just, man, it's just it's like going to a training course. Every match we go to, yep. it's like going to a private training course with the best shooters in the nation. And 99.9% of them are just, you know, pure awesome people that want to help you and they want to see you succeed. Yep. And we want to go to bigger matches. We want that newcomer to get really, really good. And, you know, we yep. want to beat you. Yeah. You know, we, we, we want to see how good you are. And, you yep. know, we want the competition to keep getting stronger. Yep. And it's pretty awesome seeing the new guys coming up that are just cleaning clock. Dude, know? it's crazy the learning curve. They're so short with like, especially the the equipment. Like you said, like grab a six br and just rock and roll. Like people get go from nobody to get pretty. You're like, I know who that guy is. You better be on your toes because he's here. And right. he, it happens fast now. The gear's so exactly. good and the game is. I cannot believe the progression of like what you said in the beginning and where we're at and what guys are doing with guns. I mean, just it's amazing what these little guns will do and how fast and good guys are shooting. It's, it's a lot of fun. So 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I come out, find a club match, and 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 you know, kind of start navigating your way through, and don't be tell people you're new. Ask some questions and just get after it. So, have Joe spin you up a six br, and you you won't be sorry. <laughs> That's right. I'll do so, it anyway. All right, man. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Um, it was uh, again. I, I love talking to you. So it's I, I like the. <laughs> I just I love the perspective. I love your experience and 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 your your attention to detail because I know how much you love to shoot those tiny groups. So thank you, buddy. Uh, yep. I appreciate it. Appreciate you keep winning the matches. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. With your help. Thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.